Next, the Cannabis Reporter Radio Show with Snowden Bishop. After this message. Are you getting enough CBD each day? Hemp Meds carries the most trusted CBD oil brands like Real Scientific Hemp Oil and Dixie Botanicals to make it easy to add cannabinoids like CBD to your diet. We hold all our hemp oil products to our rigorous triple lab tested standard to ensure that you and your family receive only the highest quality and most reliable CBD products. Hemp Meds is your trusted source for CBD. Visit hempmeds.com to get our premium CBD oil today. Use discount code CBD20 to get 20% off your first order. You're busy running around from work to kids to evening events. Healthcare shouldn't be adding to your daily running around. Simplify your healthcare with Helterra for only $15 per month per individual or $18 per month per family with up to nine kids. By the way, you can eliminate doctor office visits with 24/7 access to doctors via phone, video, or the mobile app. Not only do you get prescriptions filled over the phone, but save up to 85% on those prescriptions. This is a supplemental plan and not insurance. Healthcare made easy. Helterra.com. And now, broadcasting on StarWorldWideNetworks.com, it's time for the Cannabis Reporter Radio Show with Snowden Bishop. Listen in as Snowden interviews cannabis industry pioneers, marijuana experts, policymakers, medical practitioners, patients, and other amazing individuals with compelling stories to share. It all happens right now. Here's the Cannabis Reporter, Snowden Bishop. Hi, and welcome back to the Cannabis Reporter Radio Show. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Snowden Bishop and delighted to be here. Usually when a governor declares a state of emergency in his or her state, it's because of some cataclysmic event that occurred, such as a tornado, earthquake, or a flood. So it might have come as a surprise to hear Nevada's governor, Brian Sandoval, declare a state of emergency because Sin City was about to run out of Drum roll, please. Marijuana. Yes, you heard that right. Nevada became the fifth state in the nation to legalize marijuana for adult use as of the 2016 election. Already one of the most popular tourist destinations in the country, Las Vegas, otherwise known as Sin City, had become famous as an escape from reality playground for adults with tantalizing entertainment, new star-studded theatrical events, and world-class casinos opening every year. Of course, the most highly anticipated opening in Nevada's history was the opening of 47 new dispensaries, most of which are in and around Las Vegas. The event caused a flood of tourism with record-breaking bookings for the week of July 1st. And it's worth noting that this happened during one of the hottest months of the year when travel to any Southwestern destination is typically slower than usual. But despite the anticipation, less than a week after the dispensaries opened their doors for recreational users, business owners were already reporting that they had run out of product to sell. It seems that the state had no idea just how popular legal marijuana would be, and they just weren't prepared for the flash flood of consumers that converged on Las Vegas the first week out. So how could that happen? Well. There's a simple explanation having to do with the state's limitations on licensing of dispensaries, growers, and distributors. Not only is the license application pro process cumbersome and time-consuming, the number of licenses are limited and extremely hard to come by. 
How Hard is something our guest today knows a lot about. And I'm excited to introduce Priscilla Vilches. She became the first and only minority female CEO to receive two tough-to-get cultivation and production licenses in Nevada under the state's medical marijuana law. And she's also about to get a dispensary license under the state's adult use marijuana program. And that will be in Las Vegas. With a background in pharmaceuticals and marketing, uh, in the medical field, Priscilla has worked with doctors, physical therapists, chiropractors, and other practitioners. Welcome. I am so glad that you could join us today, Priscilla. Thank you very much for having me. I'm very proud to be on. Ah, well, you should be very proud of yourself, honestly. I, I think that's quite an accomplishment for any person to receive two licenses in a single state, given the limitations on how many licenses are, are given out each year. Um, being the, the first minority woman to do so is quite an accomplishment. Tell me about some of the challenges that you faced early on in, in getting those licenses. Well, I can't say it was easy. It was very difficult. Uh, the, the people, my competitors who all applied in the state of Nevada were uh, very reputable people. We had ex-politicians, millionaires, and billionaires. So the competition was extremely difficult, uh, but we managed to prevail and, and acquire two of those licenses. Uh, in doing this, some of the some of the things we had to prepare for were the application in itself. It was the size of like the encyclopedia. I can imagine. Um, it was a very intense, and you can only imagine. I applied three for three licenses and managed to get two out of the three. <laughs> So we sent in about three encyclopedias just for this process. The cost that in, you know uh, was involved in, in obtaining these licenses were anywhere from, let's say, a quarter of a million per application, not knowing if you were going to even get it. Wow. Uh, we had to tie down properties. There were people in the industry, land, uh, landlords who were increasing the value uh, times five of what it normally is because of these uh, applications. So uh, it was very difficult. It was a long process. We had a great team, and uh, we managed to prevail. So very happy about that. You know, that's something that I hadn't really thought of, but I imagine um, it's, it's a problem in a lot of places where they open the doors for um, land use, you know, or, or buildings, people to acquire buildings, where where grow houses are allowed, so I, I this you're the first person who's actually told me this, but it, I can see how that would be the case. I mean, was it was it sort of like price gouging? Do you think or? Oh, absolutely. I'll give you an example. This city they they released a zoning. Uh, so once you have that zoning in a place, you know exactly where you have to uh, a building. So all those landlords. All the realtors go into these existing, you know, industrial buildings and make an offer or open escrow so that when you have an applicant come to try and tie down the location, um, it's worth three times the value. So it, it, it's, it's very difficult. These are all things that you have to accept because this industry is so new. Um, so... Well, and so competitive. It is. 
Yeah, and, and so what would have happened had you not been granted the licenses? Would you have been out like the money, the good faith money for escrow and that sort of thing? Absolutely. I would have, uh, I knew in applying that this was uh, a gamble. And it was a gamble that I was going to have to make on myself and my team. And I was very confident. And that's why I moved forward and uh, applied for three, even though we only got two. I think we did pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I'll say. I'll say. And I mean, was it, was it money well spent, do you think, now that you've been? Because when was that? When, when did you get your licenses originally? 2014. And yeah. the process, I would say, started six, seven months prior to the, to the deadline. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what is it, is, I just have to ask, is it worth it? Was it worth it to you? And Absolutely. I've never looked back and we're excited for the future. Uh, we have since then looked to expand into California. I have great news to share with you on the air today. But I was uh, granted the same licenses I obtained in Nevada for cultivation and production in Los Angeles yesterday wow. at 5 p.m. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you very much. And uh, I'm actually very proud of the fact that I was the only woman really? who even applied in the pool of applicants, uh, nonetheless youngest and minority. So we are very excited, and uh, everyone seems to be uh, rooting for us. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's fantastic. So, um, how many how many new licenses for? And this is for cultivation, or is it for both cultivation and uh, dispensing also? It, it's uh, it's two licenses, and they're both separate. So it's for cultivation, which is the grow, and production, which is the license that allows you to make all the edibles, the tinctures, the vape pens, the gummies, uh, lubricants. Uh, massage oils, you name it, everything. Wow. That is fantastic. And so so will you be um, doing an indoor cultivation, obviously, if it's in Los Angeles? Um, is it in, the, will, it, will the business be in Los Angeles uh, County proper or? Yes. Uh, this is why it made big news. This is the first, the first licenses that LA County has given uh, for cultivation and production. Wow. That's great. And in the recreational space, too, since they were among the states that actually legalized adult use this year. Yes. So uh, we're pretty excited. And uh, if everything goes according to plans as far as scheduling, uh, we should be operational before uh, January 1st and in time for recreational. That is fantastic. <laughs> and so in, in Nevada then, where, where are your businesses in Nevada then? The two licenses that you got, were those for separate um, categories or were they both for the same category for cultivation? They were, uh, I, I obtained two just the way I, I did yesterday here in California. Uh, so it's for cultivation and production. They're both indoor and they're in unincorporated Clark County. So it is a very desired location because it's five minutes from uh, the airport and five minutes from the Strip. Right. So it's an ideal location. Tell me a little bit about what happened. So being a cultivator in Nevada, when the governor declared a state of emergency, 
Um, what's your experience about that? I mean, the distribution also has to have licensing, um, from what I understand, and it seems that for the recreational side of things, uh, that's where the holdup was when the dispensaries were actually running out of product. Do you? Well, I, I agree, and I think that um, it was good. Uh, it was good to hear, you know, the, the governor say this because everyone it drew a lot more attention to the state of Nevada. But what I want to point out is that uh, this is early recreational. In actuality, it's supposed to be launched January 1st of 2018. So you have all these cultivators who have prepared their timing and their crops, and they're building out, you know, big facilities like myself. My facility is about 25,000 square feet. And I know that by November, we're going to be full operational in all of my buildings. So when they say you're running out of crop, the state of Nevada allowed early recreational use you know, for six months. But I, without a doubt, feel that the state of Nevada will be able to uh, facilitate this high demand. So I'm not concerned at all. Yeah. So, so really, <laughs> this was just because people weren't really prepared yet. They were anticipating right. and the state a January. Of Nevada, yes. Yeah. Correct. Interesting. But it, it was just kind of funny news, if you think about it. You know, state but of we emergency. Loved it. it was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but it just goes to show you how in demand cannabis is. And, you know, for a tourist destination like Las Vegas, especially, um, you know, it's, it, it seems like it's a no-brainer whose time has come, really. Absolutely. We've got, what is it, 42, 50 million tourists a year. Nonetheless, Nevada was the first state to be able to accept every other state's medical cards. So you don't have to have these tourists go into a doctor's office to acquire this medical card. Nevada was the first state to be able to utilize everyone's state cards. So just these key factors alone um, speaks for itself. That's why they're calling Nevada the new Disneyland for adults. I refer to it as the new Amsterdam. <laughs> right. I, I refer to it as the playground for adults. <laughs> oh, I like that one too. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it, it seems like there will be a lot of um, lessons for other states, particularly other states that do cater to tourists and that sort of thing as, as you know, more, I mean, what, there are 28 states plus Washington, D.C. that have medical use, and now only, um, you know, less than half of those with, with adult use. It'll be really interesting to see, uh, see how this, this pans out for the other states, because I know I live in Arizona, we're, we're recording from Arizona here today, and, um, you know, we failed to pass the adult use law. And it, it was quite surprising because there's huge support for it, it seems, in the state. Oh, yeah. I remember watching the election and seeing all of the states light up that went recreation. I was very taken back with Arizona not being one of them. Um, but, it, I mean, it goes to show maybe the people in actuality wanted to keep it, you know, for medical use. You know, what's to say that in time they don't change their mind? But when I got into the industry, um, I I got into it because of the uh, medical portion of it. Right. So I, I can completely understand, you know, some people 
looking at it that way, um, at the end of the day, it's here to stay and everyone has to have an open mind about it. Maybe it's just that they haven't been properly educated as far as all the good that it can do. Yeah. Well, you know, also it doesn't help that we have some pretty powerful anti-marijuana lobbies here in the state who, by the way, are also <laughs> trying to, you know, overturn the state medical marijuana um, program that we have here, which is, you know, and, oh, wow. and then there are, there are others who are trying to expand it. And really, the state legislature surprisingly passed a hemp uh, a hemp regulation so that this, so that it could be grown legally here in the state, and the governor vetoed it, which you know left a lot of us just scratching our heads because of course hemp you know it, it, there's absolutely no reason in this day and age why hemp should be illegal anywhere right you know for <laughs> there's just well, no we reason. can't win them all <laughs> all we have to do is like I said, the industry is so new that it's, you know, people are going to learn every day. Yeah, of course. So I want to go back to, you know, this this challenge of people trying to get into the industry. Um, you know, it, it seems like deep pockets are a must, or at least, you know, some kind of underwriting. Um, but aside from that, walk me through, like, when you decided to get into this, um, what were some of the steps that you went through? Uh, well, steps as far as uh, preparing yourself to apply or... Well, just the general rundown. I mean, you know, if, if someone said uh, to you, I'd like to get into this business, what's, what's your first piece of advice? You have to be very open-minded. You must have a lot of patience. Uh, sometimes things are not as definite as people would like. And you must be very, you must operate in a very highly regulated manner. Uh, that's why I think it was perfect for me to kind of transition into this field because of my background. I, I, my background stemmed from healthcare, and that's extremely highly regulated. So I would recommend that everyone think it very very strongly prior to uh, taking a leap of faith because it is very costly and you have to be very open-minded. Just like you said in Arizona, the governor there's trying to veto a bill on hemp. That's, you know, doesn't make sense, but this is the case at times. Right. I was reading, um, you had done an interview with the LA Weekly recently um, commenting on, on Jeff Sessions and I just stumbled upon that article, actually, just a couple of days ago, and I saw your name, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> but it's, yeah, so you're not only fighting, um, you know, whoever's against this movement within the states that are legal or um, at least for medical use, but also the federal government now. It seems, you know, just, I, I doubt very seriously that they're really going to be able to undermine state regulation um, too much just because the outcry would be so enormous. Right, right. And we have to also be careful with what we read, but my understanding of what I've read is this. Um, Jeff Sessions is obviously, uh, you know, not a big fan of marijuana, which is, you know, okay, a lot of people uh, feel the same way, but 
what I've read is that he is for the medical use. It's not going to go anywhere. And the only thing that he has a difficult time digesting that he would love to change is the recreational. And he's made comments that, you know, have gotten headlines everywhere that people are, are discussing as far as, you know, marijuana being sold at you know, near every grocery store. You know, obviously we all know that's not the case or near a school there's regulation. So, you know, comments like these can be taken and, and uh, just kind of stretched to, to the limit. But um, I, I don't see a problem at all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, one would hope anyway. Um, and especially, you know, with with some moves, um, like in January, uh, or actually it was in the December uh, Federal Registry, the announcement that they were giving a numerical class in within Schedule 1 for CBD, which, you know, was a bit crazy for those of us who really understand what that means. Um, but it... I, I see that this is just going to keep snowballing because the popularity of, um, at least for medical anyway, it, it seems like it's just a matter of time, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. I, I agree with you. I think that um, we have to remember the days when everyone was uh, frowned upon, you know, alcohol and tobacco, and everyone thought it was just the worst thing in the world, and here we are today. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's what we have to focus on and remember the bigger picture. Right. And especially, you know, how many people are being helped and the science is is just exploding on this now. And, you know, there's absolutely no denying that that the basis for being in schedule one is completely, you know, ridiculous. <laughs> Honestly. I agree. Yeah. So um, anyway, but we kind of got off of what I was um, trying to get at. Like, aside from from the patients and you know really being prepared to work within a tightly regulated um, segment of industry, what else should people expect if they wanted to sort of follow in your footsteps? Uh, well. You made a comment about having deep pockets. It's so funny. Um, I uh, 